Pastor Eric, uh, married to Uba. Uh, he's here with uh, Uba, his wife. And they have three beautiful children. Rahila is studying in the U.S. And Paul Daniel is at Vets. And Shama is doing his matric. Uh, this is the kind of favor I'm believing for for my family. Right here, the favor that they carry. Uh, pastor Eric is the senior pastor of Every Nation Midrand. Uh, he's a person I respect when it comes to prayer. You'll hear some of the testimonies that he's going to share just now. He leads the prayer ministry for every nation, Southern Africa, and he's written two books. One of them is Jaws of Hope for Achievers, and another book is uh, Supernatural Immunity. Uh, let's welcome again Pastor Eric as he shares the word. Good morning, family. It's such an honor and a privilege for me to be here. I'm so grateful, uh, Pastor Sai and the eldership. It's, um, yeah, do not take this for granted. We are really in a good time in the history of this generation. Turn to someone and say, you are living in the best time of history. We have the opportunity to shape history. And one of the ways we do that is through the power of prayer. Okay. Why don't you stretch your hands? Let's start by you praying for me. Okay. Just ask God to help, help me. Say, Lord, help him. Help him. Help him to speak right. Help him to speak your mind. Come on. Father, we just thank you. We bless you this morning. We glorify you. I receive utterance from heaven. Lord, let my mind, let my words, the thoughts of my mind, the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. Let your word come with power, with clarity, with simplicity, and let there be transformation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want to start by reading Matthew chapter 6, and um, we'll read from verse 9 to 13. Jesus teaching his disciples to pray here. He says, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Yeah, so this is a model of prayer that Jesus taught his disciples, and I believe he's speaking to us from this passage as well. I want to ex extrapolate some principles from here and from other scriptures to help to enrich our prayer lives. And I believe that we love God and we want to pray. Prayer is so vital because it's one of the ways, that's, that's how we get God to come and do things on the earth. Many people say we don't need to pray. God will just do what he wants to do. If it is his will, it, it will happen. How many people have, have heard people say that? If it's God's will, it will happen. Yeah. But God's will doesn't just happen because it's his will. For example, it's not his will that any man should perish, but that all should come to repentance and to the knowledge of the truth. How come it's not happening if it is his will? The reason why it's not happening is because we're not doing our part. So God reveals his will to us and it's up to us to do our part so that his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. 
So God's will will not happen unless we act. God depends on us to execute his will on the earth. And so that's why prayer is vital. Prayer is vital because God has given the earth to us. The Bible says the heavens belong to God, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. So he has made us caretakers of the earth. So we have a responsibility to look at things on the earth and begin to pray. Begin to pray. I, I, I thank God for that testimony our sister shared. For example, prayer is important. Prayer is powerful. Prayer causes heaven to intervene. We deploy God's will. We deploy the forces of heaven through prayer. So if we don't pray, heaven will not move. If you study church history, you find that there, there's a period in history that is called the Dark Ages. One of the things that characterized that period of history is that people were not praying. So when people don't pray, the enemy is able to advance. Hell is going to continue to encroach upon our generation if we don't pray. So that's why prayer is vital. When Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray, one of the first things he did was to establish a principle, and I call this the power of relationship. He says, in this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven. So the starting point is this, prayer is addressed to the Father. Our Father in heaven. Prayer is addressed to the Father. You'll never find a place in the Bible where prayer is addressed to the Holy Spirit, for example. It's always addressed to the Father in the name of Jesus. So we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Our, our prayer life is based or should be based upon our relationship with the Father. You can't just call him Father if you are not his child. If I step out of this place, maybe I go to Rosebank Mall and a child walks up to me and starts saying, Daddy, 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 I'll be shocked. <laughs> it's like, who are you? I don't know you. Especially. <laughs> My wife would say, when did this happen? <laughs> you see, so don't think that because we, we are all Born and created by God. God is our father. No. The, he is our creator. But he's not everybody's father. So if you don't know Jesus. If you don't have Jesus in your heart. He's not yet your father. But So for you to pray. For you to boldly say. My father. You need Jesus. So you need to have Jesus in your heart in order to approach him boldly as, as your heavenly father. Okay, so that's why um, our, our love for the father is important even in our prayer life. And I want to say this, that if there's anybody here that is not yet born again, you have not yet received Jesus into your heart, you have an opportunity today to know God as your father. The father of fatherhood of God. He is the perfect father. He's the one that has the capacity. He knows you more than you know yourself. He knows your future. He knows your destiny. He, he has the best plan for you. Even your plans for your life are not as good as the plan that he has for you. So you need to know him. You need to have him in your heart as your, as your 
Heavenly Father. And that is established through Jesus Christ. So we come to Jesus by faith. And you're going to have that opportunity to do that um, by the end of the service. So not only should he be your father, you need to be intimate with him. Intimacy with the father is vital. Your, your, Your prayer life, prayer is not just a religious exercise. Prayer is not just some rituals that we perform. Prayer is not just to tick tick your to-do list and say, okay, I have, you know. Yeah, it's, it's not, it should be more than that. Okay, there should be intimacy. It's, it's a time where God begins to impregnate you with his purposes. He, 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 he sows seeds of greatness into you when you spend time with him in prayer. When you spend time with him in prayer, he begins to put things into you for this generation. He begins to put, put uh, thoughts, visions, dreams that will transform society when you spend time with him. I've studied the lives of many people and some of the greatest people that we know are people that spend time with God in prayer. For example, George Washington Carver, he was, I mean, that guy, God really used him. And today, we thank God we enjoy peanut butter. How many people enjoy peanut butter? Come on. Yeah. But did you know that that came through his relationship with the Father? His prayer life. He spent so much time. A scientist that spent time with God. He would spend time and he, would, he had a special relationship with God. He was intimate with the Father. And because of that, he was able to come up with over 400 patents. Can you imagine that? So, and I know there are people here, as you spend time with the Father, He's going to begin to reveal things to you. He's going to begin to show you things about your industry. He's going to begin to show you things about your profession. He's going to begin to show you things even about your study. I'm telling you, He is smarter than your professor. So if you will spend time with Him, He will begin to open your mind and teach you things. I love the Lord. He is so smart. Amen? So not only about our our relationship, the power of our relationship, there is also the power of worship. You need to worship God. Use worship. Worship will help you in your prayer life. I'm telling you, I enjoy praying and worshiping at the same time. I play music, I get my favorite worship music, I play it, and as I'm playing it, it inspires me. I worship and I pray, I worship and I pray, I worship and I pray. That's the activity of heaven. So if your prayer life is boring, I just want to recommend worship. Add worship to your prayer life. And I'm telling you, it's going to be so sweet. And we also have the power of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there to help you to pray. To pray God's will. To pray according to His will. Because you don't know everything that you should pray for. But the Holy Spirit is smart. He is the author of the Scripture. The Bible. And when you read your Bible and you pray. One of the things we do right now as a church. We are going through the Bible. We are reading the Bible. We started uh, from Genesis. We are now in the book of Isaiah. And we intend to finish the Bible by the end of this year. So, but one of the things we do is that we pray the scriptures. 
We pray the scriptures and we allow the Holy Spirit to inspire us, to speak to us as we read. Let him speak to you. See something that you can use to pray. There is always something. Don't read the scriptures just for knowledge. Read it to get closer to him. Read it to know his mind. Read it to know his will so that you can pray. And the Holy Spirit will empower you. He will, he will energize you. He will help you to pray according to the will of God. There is so much about you you have no idea about. But I have news for you. The Holy Spirit knows. He knows. He knows so much about you. You know, years ago something happened. Um, I, I woke up one morning. And I had a very strong urge to fast. <sighs> yeah. Yes. I had a very strong urge to fast. And I began to fast that day. Um, I, had, I had developed a discipline of just fasting whenever the Spirit speaks to me. So it didn't just land on me that day. It's something that I had developed over time. Okay, so that morning I woke up and I just knew I shouldn't eat that day. So I, I didn't eat and I was just praying. But I didn't know what to pray for. Just praying, just praying. Just, so, but I was just praying in the spirit, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. By the end of that day, I felt I needed to continue the fast. So I didn't break the fast that day. Until the next day I continued fasting. I felt the need to continue to fast. And so I continued by the end of the second day, I still felt I needed to continue. Then I continued to the third day. By the end of the third day, at around um, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, some friends came to visit me. And normally when my friends come to visit me at that time, we would just spend time sharing the word of God. And then we would pray together. We always used to pray. Um, so I was, I was single, young, you know, energetic, and I had friends like that. And so after we finished praying with my friends, I, I felt a breakthrough. I had a sense of breakthrough. So I went uh, to escort my friends. Uh, we got to the bus stop, and we were just waiting for them to, to, to catch the bus to go. And somebody, another friend crossed the road and came to me and says, Eric... Did you hear what happened to your mom? I said, no. What happened? He says, um, she was attacked by robbers. She was attacked by robbers and they stabbed her on the head. And you know, when I heard that, you know what? Unconsciously, I just said, praise the Lord. Now, that's an unusual response to such news. <laughs> Did you get my point? Very unusual. But I just heard myself say, praise God. Immediately the Lord said to me, if you had not obeyed me, your mom would have been dead. Do you understand? So what happened was that she was in traffic in Lagos in Nigeria. And uh, some robbers came. And she was driving her fancy Mercedes. And you know, these guys, they wanted to take the car. And... They also wanted to snatch her bag. She was holding her bag. I don't know why she did that, but she resisted them. So what happened? Those guys were angry. They stabbed her on the head and stabbed her on her hand and took the bag. And then they tried to, they, they tried to take the car. They got into the car, but the car would not start. 
The, the car would not start, so they, they just ran away. They ran away. So when I saw her, I went and I saw her. I just said, I was praying for you. Now I know why. So the Holy Spirit knows. And if you will not pray, if you, if you have a sense, if you feel an urge to pray, just do it. You don't even know, need to know. Don't say, oh God, if you want me to pray, tell me what to pray about. <laughs> don't, t- don't tell him, just pray. Just pray. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. And so the Holy Spirit empowers you. He enables you to pray according to the will of God. If you don't know what to say, if you don't know what to pray about, just pray for me, okay? Just, I, I need all the prayers. If he wakes you up to pray at night, just pray for me. If you don't know what to pray for pastors, pray, pray for, the, for your pastors, pray for the church, just pray. But I'm telling you, a lot of times, many tragedies could have been avoided if God's people would pray. So sometimes God allows us to see a bit of what the enemy is doing so that we are aware. But I know that there are many, many tragedies that have been averted because of your obedience to pray. You might not know, but in eternity it will be revealed to you. And you will see, this person was here. One more story. There is this lady, her husband, she and her husband were missionaries to Argentina. And so the husband would go around, he he would go around preaching, preaching, getting people saved and all of that. And and, um, as they go go around preaching, this lady, she was always complaining and saying, Lord, it's not fair. My husband goes, he preaches, he gets people saved, and he's getting more more stars uh, on his crown. And I don't have the opportunity. I'm here with seven kids. All I do is looking after these kids. I don't have the opportunity to go and win souls. And she just kept complaining, kept complaining. And one day she had a dream. And in that dream, Jesus came to her, took her to heaven, and took her to a hall of fame in heaven. And was introducing her to different people. And she saw, uh, he says, "This this is a guru from India and all of that. And this is a chief from Africa. This is this person, this person. And she said, Jesus... I don't know them. Why are you showing them to me? And he said, they're here because of your prayers. They're here because of your prayers. So although she didn't have time to go out with her husband, but on her knees as she was praying in the spirit, God was using her prayers to get people saved. And that was credited to her account in heaven. So when you pray, things happen. You might not see it, but I'm telling you, God is doing great things. And when we pray as well, we also can restrain the enemy. He says in in Matthew 6, 13, he says, Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus, if you remember, he told his disciples, Watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. How many people fell into this place? You, you you, You just fell into this sanctuary no no you walked in here so jesus said watch and pray so that you do not enter into temptation not you do not fall into temptation a lot of times we say you watch and pray so you do not fall into temptation there's a big difference between falling and entering yeah 
You didn't fall into this place. You entered into this place. And that's a big difference. So Jesus is saying, if you are not prayerful, you will see temptation and walk into it. Yeah. Oftentimes, people enter into temptation. It's not because the temptation is powerful, but it's because their spirits are too weak. They have not spent time with God in prayer, so they don't have the power and the energy to resist the temptation of the enemy. So be careful if you live a prayerless life, because you can see fire and walk into it. I mean, fire, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So... If you are not prayerful, you cannot restrain the enemy. You cannot stop him. You cannot resist him. We need to be prayerful as God's people. So you see that prayer is more than just a shopping list. It has to do with your preservation. It has to do with you walking in the will of God. It has to do with you standing firm. It has to do with you defeating the enemy. Another thing you need to understand about prayer is that how many people want to terrorize the enemy? Come on, you, you don't want a peace treaty with Satan. Because I'm telling you, he's not going to keep his part of the deal. Some people, I once heard somebody say years ago, he says, look, don't disturb the devil, the devil won't disturb you. I don't know where he got that from, but I know it's not in the Bible. <laughs> it's not in the Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's not in the Bible. James chapter 4 verse 7 says, Therefore submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You need to resist. Turn to someone say, resist the devil. But before you resist the devil, you need to submit yourself to God. Many people try to resist the devil, but they are not submitted to God, and they wonder why the devil is not fleeing. They are the ones fleeing. So you have, to, you have to submit to God first. Because the devil is he, he's not a fool. He knows those who are under authority and those who are not. If you're not under authority, I have news for you. The devil is going to resist you. And you won't have what it takes. But he says, if you will sub, submit yourself to God, you resist the devil. He says, he will flee from you. He will flee in terror. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, when you submit yourself to God. If you read the Bible, you see that the Bible says to us in Deuteronomy chapter 2, chapter 2 verse 25. It says, this day I will begin to put the dread and fear of you upon the nations under the whole heaven. Who shall hear the report of you and shall tremble and be in anguish because of you. I don't know about you. I'm excited when I read scriptures like this. So, because you arrive, Satan is quaking. So one of, the, one of the weapons that the, that the Lord uses against the enemy is fear. He, he puts fear into the heart of the enemy. You think you are afraid of the enemy, but he's afraid of you. He is afraid of you, and I want you to know that. He's afraid of you. Why? If you are walking with God. If you are walking with God. Let me read a scripture in the book of um, Exodus 23. In Exodus 23, it's, it's, it's not on the PowerPoint, but uh, uh, I'll just read it. You listen. Okay. He says in verse 27, he says, 
I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you come and will make your enemies turn their backs to you. So when you are prayerful, what happens is that when you walk into a place, Satan begins to tremble. When you begin to pray, you know what? Before you get to a place, God is going to send his fear into the heart of the enemy. So every courage that Satan has to resist you, he's going to be paralyzed. Because you're walking with God. Hallelujah. That's a good place to celebrate because, I mean, you don't want to be afraid of the enemy. He's afraid of you. God has sent his fear into the heart of the enemy. And he says, I will send hornets before you, uh, which shall drive out the Hevite and the Canaanite and the Hittite from before you. God is driving the enemy out. When you spend time with God, I remember years ago reading about this man. I don't want to mention his name, but if I mention his name, many people will know. This guy is an evangelist. God has used him tremendously to bring a lot of souls into the kingdom. One day he spent time with God who was in prayer and when he came out, as he came out, people were running away from him. And he was like, what's going on? He says, Lord, what's happening? You know what the Lord said? The Lord said, I was just looking through the windows of your eyes. So when people saw him, they saw fire coming out of his eyes. And guess what? Demons run. Ha! They run when they see that. So when you spend time with God, God begins to terrorize the enemy. When you walk into a place, I'm looking forward to the time when you walk into a restaurant and demons will say, please, please, we don't want to be cast out now. Just like they did when Jesus walked in. Why did they do that? Because Jesus spent time with the Father. Jesus didn't go looking for demons. I mean, they fished him out. Hallelujah. So we want that kind of power to manifest through our lives. When we walk with God, you are going to experience the terror of the enemy. Just like the Israelites. Joshua sent two spies to Jericho. When they met the hallowed, the hallowed said to him, the fear of you has overtaken us. So God went ahead and he fulfilled his word. And I want to say to somebody this morning that you don't need to be afraid. God has gone ahead of you. Those that terrorize you will be terrorized by the presence of God, by the power of God, by the fire of God. God will paralyze the enemy that is standing before you. Every resistance over your life I command to be crushed in the name of Jesus. I command every resistance, every place where they have resisted you, from now on, it will open up. In the name of Jesus, I command doors to open for you. I command favor to be so tangible upon your life that will be irresistible. Where they said no to you, go back there, they will say yes. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let's stand up on our feet. Come on. Wonderful, wonderful. If you are here and you have not given your life to Jesus and you would like to receive Jesus into your heart, I want to give you this opportunity. He wants to be your father. 
He wants to be your father. And all these things we're talking about, you cannot experience these things if he is not your father. But I want to give you that opportunity. Jesus had made it, has made it so simple. You don't need to go through anything, any emotions. You don't need to go through any rituals to become a child of God. All you need is to have faith in him. But if you will come forward, if you, or if you raise your hand, I don't know how you do it here. Just raise your hand. Is there anyone here? Just raise your hand. If you want to receive Jesus into your heart, I want to pray for you. This is the best decision anyone can make to receive Jesus. You want to receive Jesus into your heart? Anybody? God bless you. I see that hand. Is there any other person? Come on. Yes, I see those hands. Any other person? Ay, yeah, yeah. Great. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. I want you to do me a favor. I don't want to embarrass you or anything. Take your Bible or whatever you came with. Come to the front and I'll pray with you. Just come right now. It's going to be great. Yeah. Come on. Wonderful. This is minus three for the kingdom of darkness. Yes. Glory to God. Just, just say this, just say this after me briefly. Say, dear God, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. I open my heart and I say, Jesus, come in. Take your rightful place in my life. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. Cause me to love what you love and to hate what you hate. Give me a new heart. A heart that will love your presence. A heart that will love your word. And a heart that will love your people. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Lord, I pray for this once. I break the power of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Every curse over your life is broken in the name of Jesus. The reality of the kingdom Usher that into your life. In Jesus' name. Amen.